Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I'm so blessed to be with you, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, on this Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to our program, and we want to be a blessing to you. So you heard that call-in number that you can call in and be on the air, 303-690-3000. We've got all open lines, of course. So grab one of those open lines. Let's have a conversation. Uh, maybe you have a question about the Bible. Maybe you have a question about our worldview on certain things that we see around us, maybe Christian living. Uh, we want to encourage you. We want to take you to the truth of God's Word. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000. And Calvary Life, such a wonderful opportunity for you, the listener, to be able to participate in this program. And uh, the questions that you ask, sometimes other people that are listening have been asking the same questions or are wondering the same things. So it's not just talking with you, but all of our audience, which includes the Grace FM listeners, all along the front range of Colorado up in the southern Wyoming as we find ourselves in another hot, dry day, uh, record temperature, uh, almost it's about 98 here in Greeley, same thing in the Denver area. And so I pray that you're doing well. I know the heat wears on you. Kids are in school, maybe perhaps in a school where there isn't a air conditioning and dealing with all the other challenges that come with it. So we pray that you are doing well. Give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call and we'd love to talk with you, pray with you as well as you call in with prayer requests. Again, my name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Delighted to be with you once again as I host the show for this hour. There is another means for you to be able to um, ask a question or t to give a prayer request. That's through a dedicated text line. That number is 720 336 0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the program, but the text line for texting only, nobody's going to answer. You can't leave a voice message or anything, just a text message. And you can uh, do that anywhere in the country uh, that you can text 720-336-0897. I want to remind you, as many of you know, that it is a 24-7 prayer line. If you have a prayer request, anytime you can Text in a prayer request, and, and it originates out of Calvary Church in Aurora. So the pastoral staff will be looking at that, responding to you. You have people that are praying for you, and I think that's pretty neat. So love to hear from you. This is your show. So give me a call, and uh, let's talk about the Lord. Let's be encouraged in the Lord. We really need that because I think that you feel the same way I do. We all feel that we get overwhelmed with all the news and decisions we have to make and adapting and being patient and opinions and all the things we see going on around us. Isn't it great to be able to be refreshed? And I'm very grateful for Grace FM and, and uh, uh, radio station originating out of Calvary Church 
in Aurora. I'm very grateful for Pastor Ed Taylor and the staff there and the people there that um, uh, that you know that support and do the radio station and and I would encourage you to support them as well as the Lord leads you. So. 303-690-3000 is a calling number. As soon as we start getting phone calls, we'll go to the phone line. But I want to take this time, and I also want to welcome uh, those of you who are listening on the East Coast, Hope and Truth FM. And uh, we want to uh, just be a part of your lives as well. And it's been wonderful to have you guys join us for Calvary Live over the last couple of years. And those on the East Coast and perhaps... Uh, Pennsylvania and Maryland, New Jersey, North Carolina, parts of it, Tennessee, uh, welcome. And as you call in, we'll have the conversation, and then you have a week delay on the program being aired. So those of you listening online, welcome. You too, anywhere in the country, as we got people calling from the East Coast and the Midwest, uh, in Indiana and Michigan and Minnesota, also in the Midwest, uh, Kansas and uh, Nebraska and the West Coast. Uh, welcome as people from all over the country are listening and even international listeners that are on the Calvary um, or Grace FM uh, uh, website on their computers. And we want to welcome you, those of you listening from South Africa and Ukraine. The technology really ties us together, and it is a tremendous, tremendous uh, blessing to be able to be a part of your lives. So we got a couple open lines. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's see what the Lord's going to do this hour, and let's begin by going to Angie and Greeley. Hi, Angie. Angie, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you, Angie. Welcome to Calvary Live. Hey, I was just wondering how, how you guys are doing, and need a prayer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you called, and we see it as a privilege to be able to pray for you and with you. Well, <clears throat> um, I'm going. I'm, I'm on the road, so I'm. <laughs> but I <clears throat> hands free, so um, I, I go. I'm on my way to get my granddaughter, <clears throat> and I'm going to be doing public school in the house for, from like 8.45 a.m. to 3.45 p.m. Monday through Friday until the middle of October. Um, <clears throat> full five days a week. And just need prayers for that whole thing. I mean, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if in-person school is good. I know there's a lot yeah. of people going through this, too. They are. And just need prayers for that and finances Absolutely. and everything involved for my son who can't work unless I do this for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, God bless you, Angie, for doing that. And I know that it's a lot of commitment for you and just love those kids. And as you're doing school from home or homeschooling, um, you know, just um, we homeschool four of our kids um, five days a week all the way through high school. And, um, you know, everybody right now is trying to figure out what is best for their children um, and with some schools doing hybrid schedule or schools doing online only, it really presents challenges and parents have to go to work. But God bless you. He's going to give you the strength and he's going to bless you for doing that. Just love those kids. Do the best that you can. And I think the Lord's going to honor that and he's going to help you through it. All right. Okay. 
Angie, I'm, you there? Yep. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just pray for Angie. As she knows, it's going to be a challenge having a uh, granddaughter there um, uh, in her house doing homeschooling um, so that dad can go to work. And I just pray that you be with Angie. Um, just guide her, direct her, help her to work with the kids, that there be patience. And Lord, that uh, you would just um, help her in every way. Uh, Lord, we know that it's challenging times. It's for challenging times for many, many families who are trying to decide whether kids go to school, do online, whether homeschool, whether go to school. Um, and I just pray for wisdom for those who are going through those decisions. But for Angie, we pray for your strength. We pray for your wisdom, your comfort to be given to her. And Lord, that she would really see it as a blessing as you work through her and uh, and with her grandchildren. And Lord, just may more than anything it be a time where their love grows for you as you are in that home, the praises of of the Lord are spoken, um, thanksgiving in their hearts, and just allow you to minister to them during this time. Provide all their needs in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God you. bless you, yeah. Angie. You uh, bet, absolutely. I'm child, but, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. And right. um, I'm worried for our kids, all of our kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and it, it is... It is a difficult time, Angie, and there are kids that are feeling isolated, kids that are feeling alone, they're confused. You know, it is a difficult time for all of us. And that's one of the emphasis that I've put on the church is we need to be gathering, we need to be encouraging one another and helping one another. It's a time for the church to really be a light in this time because families are going through challenges. All of us are. And uh, what, what can happen is we can let little things begin to divide us and distract us. Listen, let's love one another. Let's be patient with one another. Let's look out not only for our own interest, as the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, but for the interest of others as well. And as we do that, I believe we're going to see God work, but we need to let our kids know that, that we love them and we want to minister to them. We're working hard in getting children's class back on Sunday mornings. We want to do it safely. We want to do it properly. We want to do it orderly. And and you're right, Angie. It, it is a challenging time, and we want to get the kids back in. We're working very, very hard on it. So be praying for pastors as they're getting children's ministry back into services and the and people back into their buildings and schools are starting. Pray for the teachers. Uh, it is a real need. So thank you for that reminder, Angie. And God bless you. And keep in touch with us, okay? Hey, Pastor Deb, just one more thing. And I haven't really had a chance to talk to you, but mm-hmm. um, I just really appreciate what you have done through all this. You've done just, just your service to God has been wonderful and a huge blessing. And I just want you to know that it's appreciated. You're doing a good job, and thank you. Thank you for the encouragement, Angie. God bless you. All right, Angie. Thank you for that encouragement. Hey, we got an open line, 303-690-3000 for the call-in number. Also, the text line, 720-336-0897 is the text. And as we have time, we'll go to the text line. But let's go to Shane in Denver. 
Hi, Shane. You're on Calvary Live. Hey, how's it going today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, so I had a question. Um, I just started reading uh, the book of Isaiah, and uh, it's hard not to read that book and kind of relate Isaiah's prophecies uh, to today's day and age. Right. And um, so I, I, I want to say, I'm driving right now, but I want to say it's uh, chapter 2 um, that mm-hmm. really stood out to me. Um along the lines of, like, our government or what's happening now. Uh, but I guess, um, I mean, I, one of my questions is, like, is that a healthy way to um, study the Bible, as well as, like, am I getting ahead of myself trying to seek uh, answers to today's day and age through uh, prophecies of the past sort of thing? You know, the Bible gives us the answers. It gives us the answers of, you know, um, why, you know, a lot of answers in every area of our lives. It gives us answers of why we needed Jesus to come and die for our sins because we're all lost. Um, it gives us answers um, what happened in the past, the present, that we can come to Christ, we have hope, and in the future. And there is the prophetic scenario that is given to us, and Isaiah talks a lot about that. Now, Isaiah is interesting. When you read the book of Isaiah, um, you... Uh, go through 66 chapters, and Isaiah was ministering to, at the beginning of his ministry, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and and the Lord said, who shall I send? And, I, and Isaiah said, send me, Lord. And so Isaiah begins his ministry during that time when the house of Israel up north, the ten northern tribes, were still in existence, and then the house of Judah down south, which included Judah and Benjamin. He's bringing the word of the Lord, telling the people to turn back to the Lord, to turn back to him. And so eventually during his ministry, that the house of Israel would go off into captivity by the Assyrians in 722 BC. He's prophesying and saying that, Judah, the same thing's going to happen to you if you do not repent. And Isaiah, as he would give near you know, prophecy, prophecy that would be fulfilled in you know uh, that time of where Judah would go off into captivity and they would return from the captivity, he also gave prophecy concerning the last days. And you mentioned Isaiah chapter 2, and he says that the word of Isaiah, uh, what he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the latter days. That's speaking about the latter days, the days that we are approaching. I believe that we are in the last days. And he begins to talk about the millennium reign. He he goes on to say that they shall beat their swords and plowshares, their spears and the pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, and they shall not learn of war anymore. You know where that's written, Shane? Where's that? It's on the front of the United Nations. Oh, they wow. use that verse, and here's the thing they don't realize that that is not going to come to pass until the Prince of Peace comes. Peace is not going to come, you know, um, to this world until the Prince of Peace is establishing his kingdom. So Isaiah looks to the future to where he talks about a millennium reign. He talks about things that are going to take place in the latter days, and they will be fulfilled so we can learn 
from that. And Jeremiah, we're in Jeremiah right now. When you go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah is even closer to the time that they would go off into captivity. And he speaks to a nation that is dying, a nation that has rebelled against the Lord, uh, a nation that uh, is turned away from the Lord and followed the dictates of their evil hearts and is doing what is right in their own eyes. Well, we see a lot of that in our own nation that has turned away from the Lord and following the dictates of their own hearts, doing what is right in their own eyes. And we're seeing a nation that is dying spiritually. So it has um, a lot of things to speak to us in the day in which we're living in. But also, Jeremiah speaks about that time when the Lord's going to come back. And um, and it's, it's amazing. Um, the Lord wants us to know that he has a plan, that he has a plan for the church, that there's going to be a time when you go into the prophetic books like Daniel, that there's going to be a time of tribulation, there's going to be the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's going to be a millennium reign, and Jesus said concerning his coming that we are to be wise and watching and be the faithful servant that's looking for the master's return. So as you're reading this, Isaiah, you got to kind of put your thinking cap on because he is talking about near fulfillment in one verse, and then the next verse, it may pertain to a future fulfillment in the latter days. Very much needs to be studied today. Very important for us to look at it and the implications of it. And then as we look at the implication, we can make application as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I noticed that, and, I, and that was um, where I was um, kind of just questioning or having, uh, like, doubt, because I wasn't sure whether or not I should be trying to, um, you know, go, like, I wasn't sure if it related to those times or our times, because, like you said, the Chapter 2, it completely, uh, I mean, stuck like stuck out like a sore thumb when it comes to like our government and uh, the, the world um, as it is with the whole pandemic or, you know, uh, just war in general, everything, uh, politics. And then next right. thing you know, it's going back to, um, um, to before Christ. And like you said, all kind of back and forth. And so I wasn't sure if I was in the wrong by like trying to push it to relate to the times now, or if I was missing the message in a way. So uh, you definitely answered my question with that. And, um, yeah, yeah, Shane, no, there, awesome. you know, those books, we're going through Jeremiah, Isaiah. If you go on my website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, and under the teaching, I got all of the teaching of Isaiah. It's all listed there, all 66 chapters, and that may help you as you go through it, but you you got you go through it. And even when you look at the implication as the Lord is indicted, Jerusalem indicting Judah, it speaks to us today, and we can make application today, but also the latter times it speaks us as well, and it warms my heart because as we go through this pandemic, as people are wondering what is going to happen, we have the privilege of knowing that the Lord has a plan, and there's going to be the rapture of the church, what he plans for Israel— that time that we were in in the book of Jeremiah, he says that there's going to be time of, of Jacob's trouble. Consider this in the latter days. He uses the same term as Isaiah. There is so much that is there, Shane. And so it takes a little while to, to sort it through, but you will be tremendously blessed as you do. And, you know, the Lord's coming back soon. Uh, absolutely. Amen. Um, no, I'm very excited. So you said uh, the chapters to, uh, I'm sorry, the books are, uh, that all relate to each other um, as uh, Daniel, 
Jeremiah and Isaiah, correct? Is that? Yeah, in the Old Testament, but there's other prophetic books, Zechariah as well. And so there's a lot in it. So just, you know, take your time, go through it, and, you know, go through. That's why we go through the books of the Bible, because we see it all ties in together. There's one harmonious message that is given, and that is Christ died for our sins. He rose again. He's our salvation. And then God, you know, Jesus said he's going to come back again and establish his kingdom. And God's going to be faithful to his word, so it's exciting. So those studies are on uh, our website, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Um, I'm teaching through the book of Daniel to a class on Calvary Bible Institute. Uh, the kids are really excited about that. It's it's great. It's wonderful. It's eye-opening. And um, I also got some prophetic prophecy updates where we looked at the Olivet Discourse, Jesus talking about the signs of the end, and guess what he mentions? He miss, mentions pestilence is going to be one of the signs. The things that we're seeing around this, um, sign, uh, signs that are taking place, um, you know, events that are pointing to the return of the Lord, that we are indeed in the last days, Israel's back in the land, all that you'll begin to see, and it's exciting, and it stirs our hearts, and it causes us to want to live for him. And even John in his little epistle said that he who has this hope, the hope of the return of the Lord, purifies himself. And um, and it's just, it's amazing. So keep studying. Call us when you got questions. Uh, look at those Bible studies. You're going to grow in a tremendous way. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll be checking you out on what was it, calvarychapel.org, right? Calvary Chapel Greeley, G-R-E-E-L-E-Y, that's the church that I pastor, .org, O-R-G, go under teaching, and you'll see those teachings there. Fantastic. All right, God bless. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, Shane. Thanks for calling. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and a great question. You know, um, one of my things I mentioned yesterday on the show is my heart is I really want people to discern the times in which we are in, and I think that's really lacked in the church today. And many churches don't talk about end-time prophecy. They don't talk about the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord. Uh, unfortunately, many churches um, adopt a replacement theology, uh, amillennialist, uh, all these different things. And the Bible's so clear, you go through in hundreds of prophecies, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Daniel, that speak about the end times, and they will be fulfilled. And it is Isaiah that says that these things will come to pass in the last days. John, when he wrote the book of Revelation, the angel told him, write these things down, that must come to pass. Not that they might come to pass, or it's a possibility, they will come to pass. So I want to encourage you in that. Hey, I know that we got some uh, holding. We do have an open line, I believe. And so I want to go to Jerry in New Jersey. Jerry? Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. I would good. like if you could explain Matthew eighteen eighteen, because I'm not like grasping it or really fully understanding that chapter, I mean the verse. Right. And I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners here and then try to give some um, understanding to it. And um, let me pull it up here. Matthew eighteen eighteen, and 
there can be some misunderstanding in this verse because some use it to, you know, say that they have superpower and and um, Jesus is talking about something very important. So I am there, and in Matthew chapter eighteen, verse eighteen, and surely I say to you, this is Jesus speaking that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm going to continue to read. And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So he, in this chapter, had been talking about you know, um, offenses, how to deal with that, um, he is also talking about the parable of the lost sheep. And then he's talking about dealing with the sinning brother in verse 15. So that is the context of what we are looking at. And when he says that, uh, as he says, um, that uh, um, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Um, if this process of what is done dealing with the a sinning brother if your brother sins against you go and tell him his faults between you and him alone that's verse 15 right mm-hmm. if he hears you you've gained your brother if he will not hear take with you one or two more that by the mouth or two or three witnesses every word may be established if he refuses to hear them then tell it to the church and um, and then the church will deal with them. And then he goes on to say to you, whatever you bind on earth. So that's in the context. If that process is done, dealing with the sinning brother, done in humility and according to the word of God, then it's binding in God's eyes. Um, and so the idea of binding and loosing um, deals with exercising judgment on conduct here specifically. Um, and... Um, it has to do with authority and the authority that the church has in dealing with them. So that's really what it's speaking of. There are those who come along and they will say, well, you know, whatever I bind on earth, you know, uh, and whatever I loose is according to my word and I speak it and it's kind of a a word-faith kind of deal. We got to keep it in context of if you follow this process and as there is authority of the church given, then it is binding in heaven. The Lord has given the church the authority to be able to deal with that person who refuses to repent of that sinning brother, um, to repent of the witnesses that come and say, listen, you need to turn away from that sin, then it's given to the church, and that's what he's talking about. And so that's a simple explanation of it. Okay. All right. Thank you. I didn't really... But yeah, that explains it. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that's the key, Jerry. You got to keep everything. Sometimes people will pull verses out and they'll begin to give their grandiose meaning on it and stuff. And, and um, you know, I've heard, you know, I bind you, Satan, and all this other stuff. It's talking about a process of dealing with somebody in the church and the authority that has been given to the church to be able to do that, and the Lord recognizes it. And I think that's, you know, a simple explanation of what he's saying there. Yes, um, it really, I mean, we different ones were trying to explain it, but I figured, well, I'm still not getting it, but uh, I got it, Jeff, so thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you, it. Uh, you bet. God bless. Love Hope FM, and I think it's awesome. 
So God bless yeah. you, and the Lord keep you and your family safe. Thank you, Jerry. God bless you and all you that are listening on Hope FM. So grateful for you guys. Give us a call. Even as you listen on Hope FM, you're a week delayed in the program, and you get to be able to call in and to be able to be a part of the program. we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh, we got the text line that is open for you as well. 720-336-0897. We're getting ready to go to a break. You hear the music. It's a short break. Stay tuned. Grab one of those open lines. We've got plenty of time to talk about the things that the Lord look at Scripture to pray with you. 303-690-3000. And we're going to be right back. God bless you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. So blessed to be with you on this hot Tuesday afternoon. Welcome everyone who's tuned in to today's program. So blessed that you have joined us. We have an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Please call. we got plenty of time as we uh, are in the second half of the program just starting that. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. You can text in a question or a prayer request to remind you that that uh, dedicated text line is available for you to text in a prayer request 24-7 and for you to have people praying for you at, at Calvary Church in Aurora. What a blessing that is. And um, we need to be praying for each other. We need to um, be ones that are encouraging each other and and um, taking that time to do that. And you have people and the staff there that will certainly do that for you. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Real quick announcement. And then we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, but here in Greeley, uh, Sunday mornings for the next two Sundays, the 23rd of August and the 30th, we will continue our outdoor service. We do have seating in the sanctuary and in the coffee shop, but we've just had a great time this summer being outside and 8.30 and 10.30. You can watch the service online as well, org, And then on Labor Day weekend, the first weekend in September, uh, I'm going to come back inside. We're going to have children's class. We'll be looking for that and all the details on that. Please be praying for us. I know that there's a number of churches that have been doing outdoor services or doing different things and are working to bring children's class back or you know, changing things up as we end summer. Please pray for your pastor. Pray you know, um, as they're making difficult decisions. There's no manual written on this, what to do. And it's different in different communities and different churches. Please be patient and pray for your pastor and encourage them. And uh, that's uh, something that we need just so much. And let's look out not only for our own interests, but for the interests of others, as Paul writes, with lowliness of mind or humility of mind, uh, esteeming others better than ourselves. That's a real key. Let's work that out uh, during this time. We're going to get through this together. God's still working. He still wants to minister. Wednesday, we're doing a study online. Uh in the book of Jeremiah, 
and uh, we'll look later on when we can uh, get Wednesday nights going back. But right now, next two Sundays, 8.30, 10.30, in the backyard, and then we'll go back to 8, 9.30, 11, starting in September, three morning services, calvarychapelgreeley.org. You can get that information as we are updating it. Hey, we want to um, go to the phone lines and we do have an open line, I believe. Let's see where I am at. And um, let's go to Matt in Pennsylvania. Hi, Matt. Hey, Pastor Jeff. Hey, thanks so much. How are you? Hey, I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing good. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, thanks for your time. So uh, my question is, that as I read Scripture, I don't necessarily a lot of examples or instruction on how God brings, like, a husband and a wife together. I know I'm, I'm the seat first, you know, God's kingdom and, and His righteousness, right. and He'll add all these things. I know not to be unequally yoked. I know there's some good scriptural examples of how God brought some godly marriages together, like God brought, which is obvious, Eve to uh, Adam, God brought Rebecca to Isaac, and God bought, brought um, Ruth um, to Boaz. And so I was just not sure using those examples if I just, you know, do you recommend just keep seeking God's kingdom and then just wait for God to, you know, bring someone along? I know I go to a real small, like, 20-person church, and, you know, so maybe the timing's not right, or just just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thank you. Yeah, and that's a good question, because that's a question that comes up oftentimes with single people. You know, um, do I wait for the Lord? I'm in a church. There's really— haven't met anybody there. Um, and God can bring somebody, as you gave the example. God brought Eve. God brought Rebecca to Isaac. Uh, it was uh, Ruth that was brought to Boaz. And he certainly works in that way. Uh, even as uh, I think about what we studied in Jeremiah last week, is anything too hard for God? But I also know that God has used other means as well. So some people say, is it wrong to get online well, I think you need to be wise. I think you need to be discerning. But God can use those things. And and it's like anything else. If you meet somebody in church or if you meet somebody, you know, through an app or whatever the case may be, um, you have to have a peace about it, a peace that rules in your heart, as Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3. And what that word rule uh, literally means is God makes the call. God, should I go to another means? Because some people don't have the peace to be able to do that. So in this whole area of liberty, you got to be able to do it in faith. You got to have peace about it, Lord, uh, or I don't have that peace and I'm just going to wait on you and you know, I'm going to trust you. And um, so that's really something that you, as you go to the Lord, um, he's going to show you. And as we go to him and as we wait on him, he promises that he will speak to us. And we will hear from him. This is the way walk in it. So I've seen God use, you know, those who have said, nope, I don't have the peace. I'm going to wait, even though you never know who's going to show up in your life tomorrow. Or there are those who said, you know, they went ahead and it worked out and God blessed it. But be wise, be discerning. And I think you showed that to me, Matt. You said, you know what the Bible says about being unequally yoked, about, you know, um, you know, being wise in those decisions, but the Lord has to give you a piece about it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Really appreciate you guys. 
You bet, Matt. God bless you. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Sometimes, you know, do we use the technology? Do we go in this area? Listen, some people have conviction that it's okay to do it. Some people say, nope, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Um, He can bring me a person. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord. But in those areas, we still need to be wise, discerning, and um, we need to have a peace in our hearts about it. And uh, we need to seek the Lord on it. And he will speak to our hearts, I believe, in the direction that we should go. Um, But um, hopefully that's helpful to Matt and anybody else that's thinking those kinds of things as well. Um, We do want to continue with the phone lines. We've got an open line. And uh, let's go to Mary in Denver. Hi, Mary. Mary, are you there? Mary's gone, but she asked, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about um, the question that she asked. Mary, if you're still listening, she's asking about Israel and the United Arab Emirates uh, just in the last week or so, uh, normalized diplomatic relations. Is there anything about the relationship of Israel to um, to the UAE that nation in the Bible. The Bible doesn't specifically talk about it, but um, it is interesting that um, usually the, all the Arab nations have you know, been um, at war with Israel or they uh, don't have normalized relationships. So this is uh, amazing that this happened, and I believe it's the first time that it's happened without the exchange of land. Uh, Israel signed a peace treaty with Egypt back in the Camp David Accords back when uh, Carter was president. And um, that was a historic accord that has held through all these years. But there was an exchange of land. Um, You know, other things with Jordan, there's a peace treaty, but um, it involves, you know, some other, uh, you know, things in that peace treaty that Israel was going to give up. So the thing is with this, um, no land was exchanged. Um, and so we're not quite sure what it's going to mean uh, for Israel. I do know what the Bible says for Israel in the future, that Israel is going to be isolated, uh, that Israel is going to find herself alone, that even when uh, Ezekiel 38 takes place, that prophecy, which this confederation of nations that come against Israel, she will find herself alone that not even the United States will come to her defense. Now, we do know that it's mentioned that Saudi Arabia is going to uh, protest on behalf of Israel, and maybe the United Arab Emirates might join in in that, uh, because Saudi Arabia is afraid of Iran. Iran's going to be one of the nations that invades Israel. But there's nothing said about that nation specifically and uh, and Saudi Arabia is not going to come and help, but they are going to protest on their behalf. So uh, that may be some of the significance that we see, um, but we do know uh, that that Israel is going to find herself alone, and there's a purpose for that, and that is that they're going to turn to the Lord and call out for help, and eventually, during that time of Jacob's trouble at the end, their eyes are going to be open. And they're going to realize that Jesus is their Mashiach, and um, and He's going to come and rescue them. Zechariah talks a lot about that as well. And here's the thing: 
that as you find yourself perhaps isolated during this time, and a lot of people felt isolated, turn to the Lord. He wants to make himself more real to you than ever before. So be encouraged and be blessed in that. So Mary, hopefully, sorry I didn't get a chance to talk with you about that, um, but um, hopefully that kind of gives you a little bit of, of what we're seeing going on and what's going to happen with Israel. Let's go. Uh, we do have a couple, uh, open line, I believe. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Uh, for the call-in, let's go to Aurora with Julie. Hi, Julie. Yes. Um, I have a question about Ezekiel 14, um, verse 3. When okay. uh, Ezekiel talks about is this? I'm not sure if this is a... Um, a vision, and or was it just for Israel during that time? But um, this was this came up on my iPad. I wasn't even in the book of Ezekiel one night, so I thought I didn't know if the Lord was speaking to me about idols in my heart. But I also started thinking about the times that we we're in, and how many right. idols are out there that God is trying to wake us up to. I I I, I started hitting the big things like sports and your bars and. All the things in the, in the exterior. But I started thinking, well, wait a minute. What about what's in our heart that we hold up as idols? So yeah. I'm not sure if it was an expectation or a, a warning during this time. Well, yeah, in, in Ezekiel chapter 3, he, he's going to, at the end of the chapter, he talks about the watchman on the wall, but I'm going to read it. He says, Son of man, eat and find and eat the scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll I give you. So with um, I ate it, and with my mouth was like honey and with um, sweetness. Um, and that's, you see, you are in chapter, I'm sorry, you're in chapter 14, right? What yes. chapter would, did you, okay, uh, I wrote it, it down 14, wrong. Uh, chapter Verse 3. One, yeah. Okay. I'm down, I start on... Actually, my eyes caught chapter 3. I mean, verse 3. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I can't read my own writing. It's terrible. Let me read it again. <laughs> sorry about that. Now, some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be um, inquired of uh, at all? Uh, by them, and so here is um, here is Ezekiel. He, he's rebuking the elders and the prophets, and so the elders visited Ezekiel, and I believe that you see that in chapter eight as well. And these are the leaders of the Israelite community. Ezekiel's off in exile at this time. There was three deportations. There was 605 B.C. when Daniel was taken off to Babylon and his three friends, the choice men of of Judah, to be trained in the affairs of the Babylonian government. Nebuchadnezzar comes in to Jerusalem in 597 B.C., takes Ezekiel off and many more people off to captivity. So he goes into captivity at that time. So here is Ezekiel. He's prophesying in Babylon. So is Daniel. Jeremiah is left in Jerusalem. He is there. So the elders had visited Ezekiel, you know, in this time of exile. And 
And so they are still speaking. Um, but what is being shown to them, to Ezekiel, is there's idleness and other things that are in their heart that is not good. And so um, that's what Ezekiel is allowed to, to see. Um, and it speaks to us because here's the thing to remember, um, Julie, is that the Lord sees our hearts. We can be put on a religious front. We can, um, you know, uh, say all the religious things, but what's really in our hearts? And the Lord sees the heart. And you talked about idolatry. Anything that has priority over our relationship with the Lord becomes an idol. And there's a lot of things that can become an idol, right, Julie? You mentioned some of those things. It can be sports. It can be possessions. It can be money. It can be all kinds of things. That is the priority of our lives. And it is a priority and has preeminence over our relationship and intimacy and worship to the Lord. And the Lord sees our hearts. And he knows what's there. So Ezekiel is dealing with all of that. Well, when uh, as we're reading the Bible and we come across Scripture, and it takes place during that time, as you gave the history behind it, could it could God still be showing us when we stumble across Scripture that we weren't even in, as far as reading, that maybe yeah. indirectly using this? Yeah, absolutely. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy. He said, all Scripture is inspired by God, God breathed, and is profitable. That is, it's a benefit to us for doctrine, for reproof, for um, correction, for instruction in righteousness. So when we read like Ezekiel, and he says in verse 3, these men had set up idols in their hearts, that speaks to us, doesn't it? And we look at not only the implication but there is to be application made to us. That's why these things are listened, are are listed here. That's why the Holy Spirit records these things, not just to give us history, uh, not just to tell a story, these stories are true, but that we may be touched by God's Word and we make application. Lord, have I set up any idols in my heart to cause me to stumble into iniquity as Ezekiel is dealing with these leaders here in, in chapter 14, you're not getting away with it. God sees your heart, um, and uh, you're idol worshipers, and idols may not be evident outwardly, but in your hearts they are evident. We can certainly make application for that, can't we? Yes, I, that, that's correct. Um, Pastor, just one short, I mean, just a question, and I, I'm going to hang up and just listen. Could you address, <laughs> I will bless, Thee that blessed Israel, and I'll curse thee that cursed Israel in relationship to what's happening right now and possibly in the future? Sure. So you're quoting from Genesis chapter 12 when, when Abraham was called out. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And the Lord said, I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And oftentimes we hear that, that, you know, as um, the Lord called Abraham to say, you're going to be the father of the Jewish nation. The covenant went through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the 12 sons of Jacob, and and we read about that. 
but it's still true today. Those who bless Israel are going to be blessed. Those who curse Israel, the Lord's going to deal with them. We see that, that that's going to take place even in the end times as well. I think that one of the reasons why our country has been blessed is because we have helped Israel. Uh, We have come alongside of Israel, um, and they are in the plan of God in the last days. Matter of fact, they'll be the epicenter. They'll be the focal point. Uh, They will be uh, the focus of what God is doing in the last days. And we also know that in Matthew 25, in the judgment of the nations, that it's based on, as he judged the nations, how they treated Israel, how they treated, you know, uh, the brethren there. So, you know, he will bless those who bless um, Israel. He curse those who curse Israel. And one of the things that I pray for our nation, um, as we're getting especially into an election year, um, is that whoever be, you know, remains the leader or whoever is going to be the new leader of our land, that there is a uh, help to Israel and there is going to be, you know, blessing to Israel because it brings blessing to our nation as well. And uh, But we do know that at the end, even as Zechariah says, that Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling to all the nations that, as I've already mentioned, that they will find themselves alone. So uh, interesting, and uh, that uh, Genesis chapter 12, I believe, still holds true even today. All right, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Josh in Denver. How you doing? Hey, Josh. Good, how are you? I'm wonderful. Hey, uh, just a quick question. Matthew 24, is it a safe assumption of Jesus just kind of talking about to the Israelites or Israel people? Is it the whole chapter or is it like a partial... Well, there's a there's a lot in there's a lot in that chapter. It's 51 verses long, so you you kind of got to go through sections of it, and um, and so that will help you out. Um, as they came to Jesus and they said, you know, uh, you know, after he said the temple's going to be destroyed, not one stone left upon another, and they said, tell us when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So they're asking those questions. You know, when is the temple going to be destroyed? And you also got to put together, Josh, the other two gospel writers, Mark and Luke, who also record the Olivet Discourse as well. And Jesus answers those three questions as you compare, you know, the narratives in Luke and Mark and in Matthew. But Matthew begins to talk about the signs, or, you know, Jesus does in Matthew's gospel concerning his coming. These are the signs, the birth pangs that are going to point to the return that I'm, I'm going to come back. Uh, as they asked him, uh, what is uh, you know, the sign of your coming? He talks about earthquakes and pestilence and famines in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. And then he goes on, and then he begins to talk about the Great Tribulation period. And then he is talking to Israel at that point. He says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, then you need to flee. So he's talking about what's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation period. So that's why Daniel chapter 9 is such an important um, 
chapter to understand the timetable that God's going to be dealing with Israel in Daniel's 70th week, or that is the tribulation period, halfway through the week, there's going to be the abomination of desolation, which is the Antichrist going into the temple of God to proclaim himself as God, to be worshipped as God. That speaks to Israel. Israel's going to say no. Then as Revelation chapter 12 tells us, he will begin to persecute the Jews very heavily. They will flee to the rock city of Petra. So you got to kind of put all the pieces together. And then the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus Christ, that is different than the rapture of the church, and the parable of the fig tree, and then he speaks about no one knows the day or the hour. He says that uh, you be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not ex- expect. Be the wise and faithful servant that is looking for the Master's return. I believe that is speaking to us today. So when we talk about the return of the Lord, there's two distinct events. There's the rapture of the church, We don't know when the rapture of the church is going to happen. No one knows the day or the hour. Jesus was very clear on that. But we are to be watching. We are to be ready. It can happen at any moment. Um, We are to keep our eyes on the Lord. And, um, And I believe we're in the last days because Israel has come back into the land. That's the super sign that we're in the last days. They are back into the land, and we know that um, that they, you know, are, are God's preparing them for what He has for them. They will go through tribulation, but I believe the rapture will take place before the tribulation period. So He's speaking to Israel. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to us in the days in which we are in. There are signs around us that are screaming at us. The birth pangs. These signs are going to increase in frequency and in intensity just as a woman gets ready to go um, and deliver a child. She goes into labor, the birth pangs come, and they happen more frequently and intensely. So that's kind of a long answer. It's a lot to sort out, and you have to kind of cipher through it. Gotcha. So when I look at like verses 1 through 15, that's pretty much more of a general statement than when he's talking when Jesus is talking about the signs uh, he's right. answering the disciples questions essentially in right. order or in somewhere for yeah he 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 talks about many false prophets will rise up and false Christs and and the signs these are birth pangs these are beginnings he says that the end has not yet come now when you go to Luke's gospel Luke talks he records Jesus telling them about how Jerusalem's going to be destroyed and um, and they're going to destroy Jerusalem. So, you know, there's that written to them, and that Jerusalem will be trampled under feet until the times of the Gentiles has come. And, and so there's a lot that is there. Um, and then he talks about the Great Tribulation. When you see the abomination of desolation, that there are those who said, well, that took place with Antiochus Epiphanes coming into Jerusalem and you know, in 200 years before Jesus, or it took place when, um, you know, Titus came in and destroyed the second temple. He destroyed the temple. He didn't desecrate the temple. So it's very important that we understand what Daniel's talking about in the 70 weeks of Daniel. I think it's such a critical prophecy to know the timeline, because if yeah, Daniel, those last three verses, verse, the 70th week of Daniel, 69 weeks or 69 periods of seven years have already passed, but in the last week or seven year, 
the Antichrist will rise up. He'll make a covenant with Israel for that seven year in the middle of the week that he will go into the temple. He will desecrate the temple, as Paul writes about that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay? Right. Okay. No, that, that sounds good. I appreciate your time. Uh, there's a common theme going on right now. You can see because all the times and stuff that... <laughs> that well, here's is, the uh, thing. And, yeah, and here's the thing, Josh. A lot of people aren't being taught in times. And, and I did a message at New Year's Eve, discerning the times or ignoring the times. This is not a time in history to be ignoring the times. We need to be discerning the times. We are in the last days. God has a plan, and that that helps me during this time of COVID. And, you know, that he's still on the throne. He's coming for his church. He wants to use the church. So let's keep our eyes on him. Let's give the gospel message and know that Jesus is coming back, and he's going to fulfill his promises to us. And uh, we don't have time. I, I apologize to Bernie uh, because we're going to go off the air here in just a little bit. But he was wondering, are you going to be surprised if we're still here in 2022? We don't know the day or the hour, but uh, I hope the Lord comes back today, tomorrow. We don't know. But what time that we do have, listen, he can come back for us. He is going to come back. Be watching, be waiting, looking for the Lord's return. Christian, be excited because we are here for such a time as this. And we want to take as many people as we can with us to heaven, don't we? So be be praying, be inviting people to church, give them the gospel. Let's give them the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. A great show today. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.